Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Lore Boys. Uh, my name's Ethan Palmer. This is a uh, fake history podcast, and this is the mo- maybe the most fake history fake history podcast we've ever done. Uh, joining me today is I'm James Miller. Safe in my home. I've trained for this moment ever since August 27th, <laughs> when World of Warcraft Classic came out. I've been ready for this quarantine. Yeah. Uh, for anyone listening in the future, which is relevant to this episode, uh, we are in the middle of the COVID-19 panic. So uh, Jamie's bunkered at his place all alone with nothing but his dog and his World of Warcraft. And I am trapped in a room with, or trapped in an apartment with two other adults who may be carrying a deadly and infectious disease. Uh, for anyone listening in present day, uh, we hope you're doing your you know, civic duty to protect the elderly and the sick. Um, but that's not really. I mean, that's a quick PSA. But uh, yeah, Peter's gone fighting COVID on the front lines. Uh, that's why he's yeah. not here tonight. Uh, he's got yeah, a hose he... full of hand sanitizer, and <laughs> he, had a, he had a spatula. I don't know what the spatula was for, but uh, he briefly mentioned scraping people's skin. Uh, <laughs> so I, I don't know. Pete's out there. Uh, if you see him on the street, say hi. Uh, let him scrape your. Skin, I, I guess I wouldn't get uh, too close if I were to be honest. But, no, honestly, he's yeah. he's actively going out there looking for people who are sick. So yeah, <laughs> uh, maybe avoid Pete at, at all costs, like we did, because yeah. uh, you know even a remote he can be a bit toxic. So yeah, he takes that. Um, what's that um, oath that doctors take? The Hippocratic oath. Hippocratic oath. Yeah, you can't let someone like go unfixed or whatever. But he doesn't even <laughs> ask for consent. Like he com- he's coming to fix you, you know. And, yeah, yeah, he's, yeah, he's out there. Yeah. Uh, oven mitts, oven mitts is his only protection. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I tried to tell him the the virus wouldn't try and burn him, but no. he wouldn't listen. So yeah, he saw that uh, high temperatures was one of the symptoms. So he yeah. brought those. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't want to get burned by any of the, uh, the victims. Uh, for anyone dealing with it right now, uh, we're sorry. I guess. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um. Yeah. So sorry for uh, if the sound quality is not uh, up to our usual standard. We'd love to, you know be in person i would love to be on my professional mic or semi-professional mic instead i'm using my 10 year old gaming headset uh with flaking bits of vinyl uh <laughs> but we appreciate you guys sticking in we're, we're doing our best to get you guys content i know we're uh, for anyone listening day of we're a day late as it is so and a buck let's, short uh, let's uh let's get into it huh james well, yeah uh, what are we do doing you know, today you know i guessed i guessed sesame street and you said no, the Muppets. I don't know. I wasn't sure if you were joking or not. I was. That was uh, full, full goof, full goof. And okay. I said the Muppet Extended Universe, but uh, that, that was that turned to be too big to tackle. That would uh, be a good one, to be honest. So much going on. Uh, well, one day, I'm sure we will do the Muppet Extended Universe. Yeah. That's the... Jamie, uh, can I ask you a question? 
you just did, yeah. Okay, could I ask you two more questions? Yes, I'm counting, and that's the first one, yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, if, if you could go back in time once, right? what would you do? Like, go back in time and, and return to present day. And, like, wow. every, things would be changed. Butterfly effect. Oh, man, that's really hard. Um, I had a real answer, but that's not funny. <laughs> I would. I mean, it might be. No, it's definitely not. I uh, I would go back and I'd. Um, I'm not so sure about history. What happened before the nineties? <laughs> uh, uh, oh, geez, you're really putting me on blast now. Uh, <laughs> the pyramids were. Like 1987, I think. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I'd go back to the pyramids in 1987, and I'd give the Sphinx a high five. Yeah. Oh hell yeah, when he was still alive. Yeah. I, I bet that dude kicked ass. Yeah. Uh, so I would, I would do one of two things. I would go back to uh, last week when I put a red shirt in with my white laundry and ruined a bunch of undershirts, or I would travel back to 1890 to meet Alexander Godfrey. The inventor of the modern hair dryer. <laughs> of course. We're not we're not doing the, the hair dryer, are we? <laughs> yeah, we're doing, we're doing the, the the fictional fictional history of the hair dryer. Uh, now, so everyone listening at home already knows where we're where we're listening to, of course. Uh, but we're gonna start with the year 1914. Does that mean anything to you, James? 1914. We took a little trip down the. Mississippi, something. I I know a song about it, and there's a. Like, uh, no, it's eighteen fourteen. Shit. Yeah, I think I think you're a century or so. <laughs> Fuck. Nineteen fourteen. So a big a big day in world history. In world history. Oh, it's when the world was born. <laughs> We're doing the, the the history of the world starting in nineteen fourteen. They sure did choose a weird year. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually really bad at history, so I, I haven't I haven't a clue. Let's let's get it let's get into it. You'll I'll I will outright outright say it at some point. So oh, uh, oh you're still not the gonna. Year is, <laughs> <laughs> the year is 1914. A 50 year old grandson to Austrian Emperor Franz Joseph I was enjoying a drive with his wife when a member of Young Bosnia, known as Nadeoko Kavrinovic, we're doing the Great War grenade at their car. We're starting with the Great War, so you did figure it out. Okay. That was that was the world hint because it was World War One. Uh, right. So the bomb detonated behind their car, injuring the passengers in the next car in line. Later on, after the royal couple had visited with those injured by the blast in the hospital, their car stalled, and another member of Young Bosnia, Gavrilo Princip, paused from his sandwich, walked up to the Archduke Franz Ferdinand, and shot him dead. Dude, this eating, event, a, eating a sandwich at the same time. So, so there was a botch, and this is a, a true story about the, the assassination of France, uh, Archduke Franz Ferdinand. Um, they botched it originally. There, there was Gavrilo and there was Nedelko, and uh, they tried to assassinate him, and they threw a hand grenade, and it missed, and they scattered. And later on, he was like eating a sandwich, and uh, the routes had changed where the cars were going, uh, but nobody told the drivers, so they were like weirdly behind schedule. Uh, and the security wasn't there, and Gavrilo had, like, stopped at a cafe to grab a sandwich, and he saw the Archduke driving by and, like, ran outside and shot him. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm sorry. That's not funny, but that's just so wacky. Like, 
I mean, there, there's 106 years of separation. I, I think we can laugh at this point, right? If I we hope can't so. laugh now, when can we laugh? Yeah, fair uh, enough. So this is this event, um, as we've kind of already tipped, is considered by many to be the proverbial straw that broke the camel's back in kicking off the First World War. Three years later, in 1917, the Bolsheviks, led by Vladimir Lenin, overthrew the Russian provincial provisional government, leading to the eventual formation of the USSR. Uh, in I believe 1923 or 1924. So uh, another fun fact from real history. Uh, the Bolshevik, there was a the Russian Revolution, and the Bolsheviks overthrew the Standing Party, uh, and Lenin would go on to form the USSR. Wow. Then in 1920, a young Adolf Hitler is discharged from the army and begins w- working full time for the NSDAP, the National Socialist German Workers' Party in English. Uh, things Peter, were looking bright for the young Hitler. Peter Sorry. leaves for one week, and we're doing Hitler. <laughs> we're not doing Hitler. We're not doing it. Everyone at home already knows we're not doing Hitler. But, oh my uh, God! What's going getting, on? Getting... So things were looking bright for the young Hitler, and his rise to power and eminence seemed to be right on track for where it went in real life. That is, of course, until 1924, when a time-traveling Albert Einstein goes backwards in time and assassinates the would-be Führer. This is what you wanted me to say. Is kill well, I mean, Hitler. That, I mean, that's 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 like what everyone everyone. That's I, I guess the running gag or the or the trope is that if you could do one thing, would you go back in time and kill Hitler? Oh, uh, I was gonna say oh, visit my mom. It was a sad uh, one. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that, that is sad. Yeah, uh, would have been sweet. Would have would have would have taken the wind out of my sails. But, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so. He really did that, Albert Einstein. Yeah, yeah. So we're still in real world history. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> no, uh, this is this is uh, command and conquer red alert lore. Uh, okay. So so the command and conquer uh, command and conquer red alert is a real time strategy computer game produced by Westwood Studios and released by Virgin Interactive in 1996. Nice. Now, it's an RTS game, right? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. So uh, the red alert. Series. I played Red Alert One. It was like a formative game for me. I played it alongside uh, StarCraft Brood War. Right. Um, the two of them together were like my RT, like where I cut my teeth on RTSs. And why I, I never played Warcraft Two or Three, and why I'm bad at MOBAs today. You know. <laughs> so you can really see the ripple effect of you know one small action twenty years ago. Yeah. Wow. If Hitler wasn't <laughs> such a bad guy, you might have never picked up this game. Yeah. <laughs> well, in in this game, Hitler wasn't a guy he died shortly after the first world war um so three years after the death of uh hitler before he was assassinated if you know what i mean uh (laughs) we're gonna get we're gonna get real fucky with uh timelines and and like new timelines and like when you travel back to the past you fracture the timeline and create a new one kind of thing okay it's Uh, that kind of it's that kind of time travel exactly so um Three years after the, the would-be death of Hitler, when in the original timeline when he didn't die, Albert Einstein would attend a scientific conference known as the Solvay Conference, uh, which is true. This, we're back to real-life history. Uh, and he would use the words there to unlock the powers of time travel, though perhaps not in time to stop the war. Uh, we're off of real history now. He didn't. Albert Einstein, as far as I know, in all the research I've done for this uh, haphazard episode of Lore Boys, uh, did not invent time travel. Time travel. I'm not. I'm not certain, but 
In I'll, fact, I'll take I think your word. He, maybe he proved it was impossible or potentially possible. I don't know. I'm no physicist. Somebody write in uh, to contact at loreboys.com or loreboyspodcast at gmail.com and let us know if that's <laughs> possible. If they, tell us if time travel is possible, please. <laughs> I, I would love so to many see... ruined undershirts. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to see that that email. Yeah, please do. Yeah. <laughs> please do. Uh, so, uh, World War II would happen for Mr. Einstein, and he would be present through all the horrors of it until, in 1946, he's given the chance to use a time machine located in Trinity, New Mexico. Command and Conquer Red Alert takes place in the 1950s, when the Allied forces combat the good old aggressive Soviet Union we all know and love over control of mainland Europe. Was it still New Mexico back then, though? Yeah, it was always new. Oh, okay. It was never old. There was always, there was always an old one. There was always an older one, you know? Oh, yeah. But by the time they... They might have honestly stolen it from the, the, the Aztecs. I, I, I assume their reach probably went that far as, as New Mexico. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds about right. A lot of... Like, the Mexican border was much higher up, like, way back when. I, I know that there's a lot of stolen land. They, they reminded me yeah. of that when I visited. <laughs> Everyone asks you if you're American. Yeah. No, but I was I was technically just as British as the, those guys were. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so uh produced by Westwood Studios, released by Virgin Interactive. Uh takes place in the nineteen fifties in an alternate universe. Uh where uh Hitler was assassinated by Albert Einstein and <laughs> uh the Nazis never rose to power. Is that a cutscene? So the most beautiful thing about all, all there's th- three Red Alert, there's three installments in the main franchise. Uh, there's a lot of installment in the Command and Conquer franchise, and they all do this. But they have uh, live actors, uh, obviously, you know, low D-list actors <laughs> act out all the cuts. So they're all live action, and it's it's it is truly magical if you just go because you can find like all the cutscenes online it's like an hour and a half long i think oh my god all the cutscenes so it's like a, it's a full movie really uh but so the uh, the original game uh command and, Con- command and conquer uh takes place in kind of like an alternate future right and then the next the next game in the franchise which was red alert goes back and kind of like uh pulls on like the the factions we know and love the allies and the soviets okay uh, that's cool. So, I, I wonder, like, have you watched the cutscenes? They remind you at all of uh, the Twisted Metal Lost endings that I showed you way back when? Better, definitely better than the Twisted Metal uh, alternate endings. Okay. Uh, definitely higher production value because yeah. uh, they made they made it to the final game. Oh, wow. And uh, the company would eventually, like, it gets bought out in, I believe, 1998, 1999. I, I don't remember exactly, but they do eventually get bought out by EA. Uh, uh, and then, like all the original developers leave and go form their own studio somewhere else. So good for them. But uh, yeah, the the cutscenes, the cutscenes, they're not like it's bad. It's it's cheesy. It's camp. Uh, but it looks like almost like a C-list movie or whatever. You know, like it looks like a you could almost find it on Netflix. <laughs> uh, other than other than the fact that they're addressing you, the player character, so looking directly at the camera. Yeah. In every single scene, it's D-list actors in a C-list movie, dude. I gotta see it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna check that <laughs> exactly. out after. Oh, oh, you're saying it's a couple D's in a C? I gotcha. I gotcha. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay, so the game itself opens with a black and white cutscene with real actors set in Trinity, New Mexico, in 1946, 
uh, it's kind of like this. You never see Albert Einstein's face in the beginning. Uh, you just kind of see his like iconic hair, and you see him from the back. Uh, and you see like it's it's so awkward because the, the opening cutscene just has his head cut off, and he's like sitting on a bench waiting for the time travel machine to work. Oh uh, my god! <laughs> uh, so he goes back in time. He says, uh, "Oh, uh, uh, Herr Herr Hitler," which is uh, Mr. Hitler. Uh, and uh, he's like, yes, what do you want? He says something in German, and Albert Einstein says something in German, and reaches out to shake his hand, and they shake hands. Uh, and then they both turn really staticky and disappear, and I guess that means Hitler's deleted from the timeline. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, because, like, we couldn't see the timeline ending, right? You gotta, like, the timeline didn't exist after it ended, so they gotta do something weird like that. Yeah, okay. presumably. Uh, I don't know if uh, Albert Einstein stayed in the past and, like, doubled up or if he was instantly transported back to, to his time machine oh no wait, I, I think he was he was transported back to his time machine that I, I watched it the other day he just uh, put a mustache on and then he pretended to be hitler from there on out but had really good policies and the world was just a better place exactly yeah. i assume uh i assume he didn't you know they showed it like the static like Hitler turning into static as the way of killing him because showing Albert Einstein with like a fire axe beating Hitler to death just feels kind of out of character. That sounds pretty fucking cool though. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm all for it, but yeah. just, yeah, not this style. It's more like science static. Ooh, made hit Hitler disappear. <laughs> uh, so, oh, uh, you see, if I had read my next paragraph, I could have told you that the physicist returns to modern day where there's been no weird paradox where he, like Hitler was never a person so he didn't invent a time machine uh they just skip all that and he just jumps right back to another another timeline where the time machine is invented but okay. hitler never rose to power because he died in 1924 okay the young lab tech who had helped him to travel into the past has to ask if he'd been able to assassinate hitler meaning that the lab tech was aware of a second world war but also didn't know it happened because it didn't happen I don't know how he's, you know, outside the the influences of the the timeline fracturing. Yeah, well, it's just like you got to get a story out, right? And uh, yeah. it's not all going to make sense. So no, yeah. <laughs> that's what all the Hollywood great writers say. Yeah. Sometimes you just got to get a story out. Can't always make sense, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's obviously you know it's a video game. It's not. Uh, it, it wasn't in maybe not intended for the story i think the idea behind the story is there but i think the the execution was probably missing so it's probably some nerds you know in a garage somewhere coding all this stuff and they had a good idea and they had to get to print at some point so anyway <laughs> yeah let's, to print let's jump in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the video game print you gotta put yeah, all yeah, your papers into like feed it in like one of those player pianos and... i mean you you joke but like old school old school dos games you had you got like a book of paper and you programmed it yourself i've heard of that yeah so so yeah. huh, huh? <laughs> not so stupid now am i yeah uh, gotta get it okay. to print screen i don't know <laughs> <laughs> so uh the lab tech asks if he was able to assassinate hitler and he says yes I was that everything's gonna be fine and then some slamming heavy, heavy metal riffs happen various tanks and jets blow stuff up uh and you realize that uh you know there's a new threat on the horizon really so the user the user can either play uh the allied forces or the soviet forces in red alert without nazi germany the soviet union grew powerful under stalin believing that it is the soviet union's birthright to take over the world 
some things never change, Stalin starts his own Second World War. So the Second World War still happens, it's just Stalin starts it, and uh, the Allied forces, he, he invades Europe, basically. Just like Hitler did. It's almost like Stalin was no better than Hitler. <laughs> but let, let's not start making comparisons. <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll, I just won't touch it then. Let, let's move on. <laughs> yeah. The game opens with your introduction to a spy, Tanya Adams, as a general briefs you on the next mission to break into a Soviet base and liberate a captive, Albert Einstein. Uh, it's, like I said, the cutscenes are real actors looking at you. Uh, awesome. If you have, even just watch the first couple, like it's, it's, it's pretty good for a laugh. Oh, not, yeah. not, not as goofy as the, the Twisted Metal ones, but... I'll Still post. I'll, I'll watch it and I'll post one of my favorite moments in the Discord, uh, so you guys can can have that. D- join the Discord; it's in the info uh, on yeah. our website. And, we'll have, we'll uh, have that discussion. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the premise of Red Alert is simple: had Adolf Hitler risen to power, Nazi Germany would have emerged as a force standing in the way of Stalin's own ambitions of conquest. Instead, left unweakened, the USSR proceeds by seizing, seizing lands from China and then begins invading Eastern Europe in order to achieve Joseph Stalin's vision of a Soviet Union stretching across the entire Eurasian land. In response, the nations of Europe form into the alliance and start a grim and desperate guerrilla war against the invading Soviet army. Over the course of the game's story, the Allies and Soviets fight out a devastating conflict for control over the European mainland in what has become an alternate World War II. Wow. Indeed, in Red Alert, the Germans, led by Grand Marshal Gunther von Essling, are on the side of the Allies and help to repel the nefarious Reds. Uh, so I guess they ignore you know, the fact that the only reason Germany had an army is because uh, the Treaty of Versailles uh, was shit, and he was the only one willing to like stand up to it and militarize, and the Germans legally weren't allowed to build a military, but because of this, they were? I don't yeah. know. I remember like history class, them talking about how crazy inflation was after the Treaty of Versailles. That like to buy a loaf of bread, you'd have to bring like a wheelbarrow full of money because their, their currency was just worth nothing, and everything yeah. sucked yeah. there. The, the Wehrmacht experienced hyperinflation, much like in Zimbabwe in 2000-something, uh, when the, the the Zimbabwean mint printed an official trillion-dollar bill <laughs> because, like, the currency was so inflated that it's like you just needed so much to oh buy God. anything. I don't know yeah. anything about currency, but I don't know. How do you get out of that? How do you get into that? that that's That's crazy, man. Uh, keep an eye on current events, and we'll, and we'll see. Uh, we'll see where the Canadian dollar ends up after all this. Yeah, I didn't want to say it, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're we're having fun here, though. We're 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 having fun before the end of the world, huh? Yeah, yeah. You know what? If if our money is worth nothing, then my loans are non-existent. <laughs> or you? Yeah. Wait does does the value of your loan change if like we experience hyperinflation? It can't, right? No, I don't think it does. It's got to be a static amount. This that is might my be best like bet. A, re- a really handy, just like two years of hyperinflation where like everyone's destitute and poor and everyone yep. loses everything and you just get to pay off your student loans. Hey, hey man, I'm already destitute and poor. We're, we're fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now that's what I call a win-lose. Uh, <laughs> They've actually waived um, uh, insur- uh, sorry, uh, interest, interest on uh, student loans right now. So that's cool for me. That is cool for you. Congratulations, because you're still making money. Exactly, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay, so there's two playable uh, campaigns in the game. Uh, So there's two endings. You can play as the Allies, and you can play as the Soviets. Uh, I always played as the Soviets as a kid. Uh, They were sick. They 
where where the allies so okay i i did the research on this i, I played this game a lot as a kid i for sure played through the campaign as a kid i didn't watch any of the cutscenes because as a kid i was like these are weird <laughs> these like even as a kid i was like these must be bad you know? <laughs> uh so i i didn't know this i didn't know this story at all i i remembered none of this when i was doing the research i was fucking i was cackling to myself um <laughs> I played as the Soviets. Uh, they had Nikola Tesla on their side, where uh, the Allies had Albert Einstein. Uh, so you got like defensive structures that were like Tesla coils. That, I like, was anything. gonna ask that. Yeah, that's yeah, how. You, you, got, you got straight up like they were like giant Christmas trees that were Tesla coils, and they just like cast lightning at everybody that came at you. They also had like much stronger tanks, but they're uh, they were a lot slower. Um, which for me, as a as a child, not able to micro very well. Uh, I didn't want the faster tanks. I wanted the ones that I could just like a move across the map, and you know they'd win. Yeah, man, I like the big damage hits too. Like, like the big chunky hits are a lot more fun than a bunch of little hits to me. Yeah, exactly. So we're gonna jump right to the end of the game because there's like stuff happens. Uh, it's not super relevant. You know, you go on missions. The they invade Czechoslovakia. The Allies show up and repel the invasion in Czechoslovakia. Um, in the Allied ending, the player destroys the Soviet stronghold, and an Allied hit squad discovers Stalin buried alive in the rubble. As they begin to remove the rubble, General Nikos Stavros, a Greek officer and second-in-command of the Allied forces, approaches and orders the men to stop. Oh, man. I've worked with a guy with the last name Stavros. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. maybe it was the same guy. He was at a hey, Greek restaurant. You- he, Did you he, ever ask him if he found Stalin buried alive in rubble? No. He was mostly into making pizzas. So it could have been him. It might have been him. That's what we're saying. There's no way to know. Yeah. Maybe he traveled back in time after all this was done and, you know, destroyed the time machine or something. Maybe he traveled back in time and killed Albert Einstein. Yeah. I've said it before yeah. on the podcast, but if you want a fun... Uh, Watch Primer if you want a fun movie with a bunch of crazy time travel that you have to watch three times and you catch something new every time. You've told me to watch this movie for the past 10-ish years. I I got into it in 2013, so almost 10 years. Seven, seven seven-ish years. Seven years, yeah. Way to date the podcast. No, uh, we already (laughs) did that. We already took care of that. Okay, so in the Allied ending, the the Allies find uh, Joseph Stalin, leader of the USSR, buried in rubble in in like a ruin in Moscow. Uh, Stavros convinces the GIs that had found him that they did not find a living Stalin there and bids them to leave. He then stuffs Stalin's mouth with a handkerchief and places a rock on top of his head, burying him once more, and walks away. Just one rock? It's a a big rock. Okay. Somebody had just pulled one rock off of Stalin's face. I was like, "Ah, Stalin! Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, fuck! (laughs) I was trying to dig a hole to take a pee. Yeah. (laughs) There's a little yeah. face down there. Yeah, that's it. Oh, oh come on. There's got to be some of that Russian gold down here. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you could probably make a pretty penny off of Stalin in Russia back then. Uh, no. So Russia was extremely poor uh, during during the actual Second World War. But without Hitler, who knows? Maybe they'd been the ones to amass all that Nazi gold, but they it was you know Soviet gold instead. Uh, but in real-life history... The Soviets were extremely poor, and I'm pretty sure they experienced like a massive famine right before the war broke out, and they still just had so many men. Uh, they they had they had so many. There's a great scene in the 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 movie. 
I'm not going to remember the name. Uh, Ariane's going to scold me later. Who's land before time land, seven? The land before, oh, I think it was the land before time seven. Okay. Uh, where Jude Law is defending Stalingrad, and they're basically he's like a, a Russian sh- soldier. Uh, they're defending Stalingrad from the Nazis, and they're handing out uh, a rifle to to the first soldier in line, and then the second soldier in line, they just hand him a clip because they don't have enough rifles, and they say, when somebody dies, grab his rifle. Wow. And just, like, move it along. Um, don't know how, how factual that is, but it's it's probably pretty close to, you know, the financial situation in Moscow at the time. Yeah. Uh, so they find Song. They decide not to mention finding him, to any, finding him alive to anyone and just bury him to presumably die. Uh, for the Soviet ending... Uh, the Reds are celebrating their victory inside Buckingham Palace. Uh, Stalin's commending the commander because you're you're the commander as the player character. Uh, Sorry, I'm still caught up on this. They didn't kill him. They put a handkerchief in his mouth and a rock on his head and left him for a little dirt nap. Yeah. So <laughs> pres- presumably, presumably it's like, I, I don't know if it's a, I don't want to get my hands as dirty by shooting him. If somebody finds him with a bullet wound when he's buried under rubble, is it going to look bad for the second in command of the Allied forces? Or if it's just like, a, uh, this is a worse way for you to die, dude, uh, yeah. and you're you're an asshole. Um, I don't know. It might just be a, you know what? It might just be bad writing, but oh. if we're being honest. But <laughs> yeah, I, I see. So, so we haven't established it yet, but there might be some problems with the writing. Uh, well, that's easy for us to say. We just get to look it up and critique it, right? Yeah, that that is true. Yeah. <laughs> uh, don't act like it's not hard to write these scripts. Uh, <laughs> it's not hard to write these scripts. For anyone listening at home, you could do it, but please don't. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay, so for the Soviet ending, uh, that that's the Allied ending, and we'll, we won't get back to the ending itself, but the Allied ending is the canonical ending. Okay. Uh, for the Soviet ending... Uh, the Reds are celebrating their victory inside Buckingham Palace, um, which is it's Jamie. Where is Buckingham Palace? In Britland. In Britland. You got yes. it. Uh, Stalin commands the commander for a job well done while enjoying a nice cup of tea. Because when you're in Britland, wouldn't you have a cup of tea? Yeah, for sure. If you, if you just invaded Britland? They don't even have cups of joe around there. <laughs> yeah. Coffee's illegal, dude. Yeah. Uh, that sounds like an American yeah. term, though, a cup of joe. Cup of Joe, yeah. Cup of Java, yeah, all very American. Uh, so it seems one of Stalin's closest confidants, his personal aide and lover, would take this opportunity to poison Stalin's tea. So Stalin dies uh, in both uh, endings. In the Allied ending, a Greek man lets him remain buried with a rag, a dirty handkerchief stuffed in his mouth, and in the other ending, uh, his personal aide and lover uh, poisons his tea. I guess the winners get to write uh, how the history goes, huh? They get to write the history books, so either way, the West wins. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So Nadia Zelenkov, a recurring character throughout the campaign, will reveal the the Soviet campaign, will reveal that she's been working for another organization, one known as the Brotherhood of Nod. She poisons Stalin, then is seen shooting his dying body repeatedly. Oh. Shortly after, her handler and the leader of the Brotherhood of Nod, an elusive figure named Kane, shoots her in the back of the head. <gasps> then some guy named Bill comes in and shoots him in the back of the head. No. Oh it, my it, god. It, does, it ends with Kane. Uh, Isn't Kane um, the name of uh, one of the guys in uh, Twisted Metal? Maybe it's the same universe. Yeah. 
canonic, canonically speaking. Yeah. Um, World War World War Two started because Stalin wanted to uh, the elusive man, or not the elusive man, but uh, Man in Black. <laughs> oh yeah. The Man in Black to grant his wish. And the man in black said, "Start a war worthy of the world. Bring me more drivers. Drivers, <laughs> I'll bring you tank drivers." And he just sent like hundreds of tank drivers. To Dude, I forgot about the man in black. You remember my own scripts better than I do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're all we're all here to help each other out, James. Yeah, uh, definitely, <laughs> definitely. Uh, so okay, so Stalin got poisoned. Um, Nadia's like going off on him, like shouting some shit. She's like, bah, 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 and shooting him in the back while he's already dead. That's We're a good dying. Russian impression, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure she's she's speaking English at this point because they speak English just with a Russian accent, you know. So, oh, so yeah. that wasn't that wasn't me attempting Russian. That was me faking a white uh, a Western person faking a Russian accent. Oh man, you're a good actor. That's, I got depth. I got couple, range. Yeah, a couple levels there. Wow. <laughs> It's like Tropic Thunder, dude, kind of level <laughs> stuff there, man. Yeah. Uh, so the Brotherhood of Nod, also often shortened to Nod, was an ancient secret society claiming to have originated prior to 1800 BC. Before um, the world was born. That's impressive. Like well before the world was born, my dude. Yeah. Well. Uh, 112 you years. Did, what, well, I was going to ask if you wanted to do the math. Did you Did you hear what I, I said? 1800. Yeah, and then we were talking about 1912 is when the world was born. Yeah. So 112. I said, I said 1800 BC, my dude. Oh. You want to do the quick maths for me? You already figured out the hard part. Um, was that the hard part, really, though? <laughs> well, yeah, because now it's now it's the difference between positive 1800 and minus 1800, which is 1800 times two. Which is 3600 plus 112, which is 3712. Mm-hmm. You nailed it, dude. Yeah. Uh, somebody what? can fact check us. I don't have a calculator. <laughs> Peter's usually the one that, that says math so, so, so wrong. <laughs> oh, if only he was here. Yeah. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so they introduced this. They, they introduced Kane throughout the uh, throughout the story kind of as a like a an aide to Stalin, you know, one of his advisors. Right. Um, the reason why he's relevant is because the Brotherhood of Nod uh, and Kane are in the original Command and Conquer, okay. which takes place sometime after like 1995 when the original game was was released. Um, so we have Command and Conquer Red Alert, which takes place in the past, and we have Command and Conquer the Tiberium Universe, which takes place in the whatever 60 plus years of the future. Okay. Uh, we're going to talk about the Red Alert franchise specifically on this episode. We're going to get, you know, to the end of Red, Red Alert 1, Red Alert 2, Red Alert 3, where we are going to go through three different timelines. Three timelines? You uh, showed well, me with your fingers. That's the only way I could know. But one, one of the, So at the end of Red Alert 1, uh, the timeline is going to split in two. Okay? One of them goes to uh, Tiberian Dawn, which is the original Command & Conquer game. Okay. Then another timeline goes to Red Alert 2 because Tiberian Dawn, the events of Red Alert 2 are not supported in Tiberian Dawn, which was a game already developed by Westwood Studios. So I count two timelines so far. Is there mm-hmm. a, an, there's an additional split within one of those, I'm guessing? Yeah, we'll eventually get to what Red Alert 3 does, and we'll briefly talk about why it does. Remember when I said they were bought by EA? Things got a little weird. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, like okay. they're, they're 
they have some studios that I'm okay with, like Respawn, but as a whole, aren't those guys just some frickers? They they sure can frick, my dude. <laughs> They're like the Joseph Stalin of the video game world. Oh my god. I don't know if I'd go that <laughs> far. But... I mean, no, there's no video game company that's as bad as Joseph Stalin. I think that's implied, right? We can uh, all agree that that's implied. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. They... Video games... If you take money out of people's pockets who can't afford things because you make something so addictive and like microtransaction induced like or involved, like that's bad. It's not Joseph Stalin bad, but it's bad. Yeah, remember when I said uh, the Russian population had a had a, a famine before the well, the war broke out? That may or may not have been engineered by Stalin himself. Oh, I thought anyway. you were going to say engineered by EA. Oh, <laughs> thank goodness. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, EA stands for E ass holes question mark. In the it's in the game. It's in the game. <laughs> EA Sports. Uh, EA Games was challenge everything, my dude. Oh, you're right. It's mm-hmm. been so long. I played, lot, I played a lot more Sims than I played Madden. So <laughs> <laughs> it was your brother who always played Madden and would shout at the TV. I mean, I, I did I did play Madden. I played a lot of NFL Street, too. But yeah, uh, I think I fun. always played more Sims. So. Okay. So now, I, now in the script, I have it written. Now, Peter, I hear you saying Tiberian Dawn. What the heck is that? Uh, Peter, shut up. You're not here, okay? Yeah. Peter, go, go scrape people's skin or something, okay? Yeah, or go, like, uh, do a squat or whatever you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> squat, out, squat out the coronavirus, my dude. Uh, okay, so... Um, like I said, Tiberian Dawn's the original game in the franchise. Uh, I wanted to originally kind of like get into the original Tiberium series, but if if we want to go into it, that'll be its own its own episode one day. Maybe my next episode. I, I honestly, I was I was having a lot of fun with this one. Cool. Uh, so we'll see. It's fun when it's like mixed into real world history a little bit. Uh, yeah, I, I love to do that whenever we're talking about like indie games and getting into the history of the indie game devs because yeah. it's fun when it's grounded. Exactly. Yeah. And this one, it's not any game devs, but uh, real-life dictators. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget to support your real-life dictators. <laughs> like, oh, man. Uh, a little, a little uh, nod <laughs> uh, for anyone uh, listening who uh, mm. knows the Command & Conquer franchise. Uh, the, during the fifth cutscene in Red Alert, uh, the player views a news anchor, which mentions the United, Station, United Nations working on a unique task force into preventing future globalized conflicts. Um, so pretty much it's Easter egg saying like, hey, the GDI, which is like the good guys in the Tiberium universe, okay. uh, they're, they're being developed. So it's kind of like, a, oh, hey, where did the GDI come from? They were developed by the UN to, to fight the Brotherhood of Nod, um, which we can get into next episode. Okay. Um, so if the Allied campaign were to be completed... Uh, the allies emerge victorious, and the time side the timeline leads to the events of Red Alert Two, uh, in 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 our Lore Boys canon here, our Lore Boys you know canon cave where we're only looking at we're not looking at the Tiberium timeline. <laughs> our Lore Boys canon cave where we our only Lord see the canon. shadows of what right. is outside the cave, <laughs> <laughs> not exactly. the reality. Yeah, yeah, and these shadows uh, show uh, Soviets, not. Uh, Alien races and asteroids containing a rare and precious crystal uh, <laughs> crashing. 
<laughs> if Peter, if you're out there, that's really good art. All three of us just looking at a wall, and there's shadows <laughs> and soldiers. But what's yeah. casting the shadows is aliens. And Jamie said it on air now, so it's locked in. I'm sorry, yeah. Peter. That's, that's like you got it. Sounds like a hard draw. one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then there's like a million of the aliens, and yeah. they. <laughs> Yeah, they've all, yeah. they've all, all, they're all completely unique and independent. None of them uh-huh. looks anything like any of the other ones. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And everyone to the left has double the legs, and everyone to the right has half the arms. Yeah, and uh, and there's five different factions. They're all fighting at the same time in every single, like canonically speaking, they can't be seen apart. So you have uh-huh. to drive, draw all five factions. Uh, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> so according according to uh, just to, to kind of dip into the timeline here for a sec. According to former Command and Conquer designer Adam Isgreen, uh, Tiberian Dawn follows on the conclusion of Red Alert's Allies campaign. Uh, Red Alert 2 and Yuri's Revenge take place in a second parallel universe created by a new attempt to alter history and Tiberian incursion, the working title of Westwood Studios' cancelled version of Command and Conquer 3. So Red Alert 2 uh, splits off the timeline. Uh, it doesn't make sense uh, in terms of Command and Conquer Tiberian Dawn, the first Command and Conquer game. But Westwood Studios was working on a game which would retcon or like would complete the story in a way that would make sense for Tiberian Dawn. What is okay? Do you know what retcon like? If there's a long version to that, it's retroactive continuity. Ah, so you retroactively change the continuity for it to make sense. I thought it was a place where uh, people go to hang out. Yeah, guys named named Rhett. Yeah, they just really want to retaliate. Yeah. Yeah. But they want to retreat to the to the retcon. Retcon. Uh, All right. Um, yeah. So uh, the, we would have had this would have made more sense. We wouldn't have had three timelines in three games if uh, apparently allegedly if Westwood Studios could have finished their their title Command and Conquer Three. Okay. Um, so let's 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 move move on from that for the for the time being. Let's uh, let's get into Red Alert Two. The game starts right where the first canonically ends with the Allies having defeated the USSR. Alexander Romanov was installed by Allied leaders to the position of Soviet Premier and was tasked with keeping the USSR in peaceful relations with the West. Uh, they didn't dissolve the USSR. They didn't give the countries that were, you know, under the Iron Curtain back anything like that. They were just like, let's put a new guy there. This will work out. <laughs> so this lasts from the campaign's opening cutscene to the first mission's opening cutscene. Right. Uh, after spotting some Allied spies fraternizing with the Reds, those commie bastards invaded the Allies without warning once more, kicking off the Third World War. Uh, so, in Red Alert 2, we canonically have World War 3. I'm going to ask you to keep that in mind, because when we get to Red Alert 3, yeah. it's going to be kind of funny and relevant. When did the World War 3 happen in real history? Uh, 2021. 2021, okay. Good oh, job. wait, what, what year are we in? Oh, shit, never mind. Oh. Let's cut that. <laughs> you th- I noticed this episode you have long curly hair some spectacles <laughs> and, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's weird uh, yeah. as soon as we want yeah. I, keep, I keep saying E equals MC squared <laughs> mm. only when we rent remote do you look like this too it sounds yeah. fishy wait wait let me, just, let me just give my roommate a handshake here oh man he's dist- he statisized <laughs> He just the status. <laughs> uh, okay, so the Reds invade. Uh, the Reds kick off World War Three. Excuse me, by invading the USA, baby. Whoa! They skip right. They skip right over Europe this time. They have the, nukes. They say we don't need to stop in Europe. The okay? final Europe's, frontier. 
Europe's under a thumb. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the USA, the final frontier. Uh, hold on one second, because I fucked up my place on my sheet. It's, uh, uh, so, Vamp. when does Vamp. uh when does a joke become a dad joke? Uh, when it uh, becomes apparent. Oh, very good, very good. Um, okay. Phew. Phew. <laughs> So, American President Michael Dugan, wasting no time, orders a nuclear strike on the Soviet Union. This is so. Are you familiar with the Cold War, James? Yeah, yeah. There wasn't a lot of fighting. No, yeah, it wasn't like it wasn't like um, coronavirus, which is hot, so hot you need oven mitts to ch- touch someone who's suffering from it. Right. Uh, this is more like something that's cold, like an ice cube. Uh, in real life, like you said, there was no fighting. Um, but World War Three in the Red Alert Two video game um, <laughs> seems to be like the world the, if the Cold War kicked off. So uh, it had there was no fighting because the the USSR had nukes and the USA had nukes and they were both like if anyone tries anything, we're just going to send nukes and it's going to be the end of the world. Yeah. So so thankfully it never happened in real life. There's a bunch um, of cool stories of it, like, almost happening, but, like, one guy stepping up and not pressing the launch button and stuff. And Yeah, I, I mean, there's, there is. Uh, he was on, like, a nuclear sub, and, like, his radio broke in the last transmission. Or they got a, they got a false signal that the, the USA had launched nukes, yeah. and he tried to radio Moscow, and they never got back to him, and he decided not to launch the nukes in return, uh, even though it might have just meant that Russia died and, and not all of humanity. Yeah. Um, he's a hero. Uh, he's a Soviet. And uh, neither of us remember his name. Yeah, that's why you played as him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, that's why I, play, I played as the, the Russians, not for the Tesla coils, which could uh, evaporate allied soldiers using lightning forces, but because they probably had a hero or two among them. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so so in, in, this, in this alternate universe, uh, Europe doesn't respond to uh, the Soviets kicking off the war because Europe doesn't have nukes. Uh, Russia has nukes. Um but they invade the USA, and the USA says, okay, well, fuck you. We're nuke striking you. Yeah. This is what we agreed on. This is what we said. We said, if anyone invades, we're sending nukes. Um, so American President Michael Dugan orders the nuke, the nuke strike. When silo operator, nuclear silo operator, not like a regular farm silo. When nuclear <laughs> silo operator Jerry Boyd. <laughs> Dude, regular farm silos have operators? I'm like... sure they must. Surely they must. <laughs> yep, still great in there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How do, you, how do you get it to do the thing that it needs to do? You know the the siling. Does it does it milk? It milks the cows, right? <laughs> uh, no. So Jerry Boyd was the nuclear siler operator who receives the order. When he receives that order, the missiles detonate on closed doors. The silo doors never opened. They don't go anywhere. They destroy the entire U.S. nuclear arsenal. Frick, dude. That's like. They should have installed the push doors, not the pull doors on those ones. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. They put the valve on wrong. It just didn't open. <laughs> they wanted to keep people out. They were keeping them in. <laughs> so, uh, we'll, we'll get into the actual fault of these doors. Was okay. it a fault in the doors, or was it a fault in the operator? Maybe it was a fault by owning nukes in the first place. It was the fault in our stars, my dude, by John Green. Uh, so, in the lead-up to the Third World War... Premier Romanov had closely kept an advisor named Yuri. Not too much is known about Yuri. He bears an uncanny resemblance to Vladimir Lenin, the leader of the Bolshevik Revolution. The guy who was left under a rock? 
No, that's Stalin. Oh, Stalin. So Lenin, sorry. Lenin, Lenin came before Stalin, and yeah. Stalin deposed Lenin, like in the 1920s, uh, and took over the USSR. Okay. Uh, so he, he resembles Vladimir Lenin, uh, who was the Bolshevik who originally kicked off the party, kind of implying that, like, hey, maybe Lenin didn't get deposed, but just kind of faded to the background and became this mysterious figure. Um, he looks kind of like Kane too, the leader of the Brotherhood of Nod, but that might just be like he might have been intended to be, and they didn't have the right actor or something. Nod is like N O D. N O D. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Their symbol is a triangle with a scorpion tail in it. Ooh, badass. Uh, and and Yuri has the Hebrew letters Resh, Vav, and Yod tattooed to his head. Uh, later in the game, it's translated by Albert Einstein to mean Hostis Humani Generis in Old Italian. And Jamie, you're, you know Old Italian. What do you think? Hostis Humani Generis means. Um, average human home. No. Generic uh, like, human home. <laughs> I like where you went. You went with it. It's yeah. the enemy of mankind. Oh. Hostis. Hostis being enemy. Like hostile. Uh, human- Sure. <laughs> like I don't host- know. Oh, host- hostile. Yeah. Yeah. I-, I thought you said hostile, like a place, a uh, uh, backpacker looking for herself in Europe. Would say. That was my first impression, but now I'm thinking like hostile. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. Good, good, good. We're on the same page. <laughs> and then humani generis, meaning mankind. Uh, which seems like oh, you think if there was one person who could read Hebrew, they'd be like, "Hey, that's a bad guy. What are we? What are we doing? You know." And, and it could have been just like edgy clout points for his social media or whatever, though. Yeah, like, true. <laughs> true, true, true. yeah. No, no regrets tattooed in old Hebrew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what is no okay. regrets in Hebrew? Oh. I mean, we'll have to ask somebody who speaks Hebrew. It's mm. Jamie. I I don't know how to tell you this, but I don't speak Hebrew. Yeah. Okay, so we know we know Yuri's uh, of Romanian ancestry. And inherited a castle in Transva- Transylvania from his family. Not saying he's Dracula, but maybe Dracula. <laughs> During the Second World War, he took part in Stalin's secret project, whose aim was to create an army of psychically gifted soldiers to guarantee victory. Okay. The, goal was, the goal wasn't achieved during Stalin's reign, but there's no indication that the death of one despot slowed Yuri down. Indeed, whatever health and sa- safety regulations Stalin had imposed may have slowed Yuri down, because he clearly cracked this whole mind control thing and when Michael Dugan gave the order to turn the USSR into glass, Yuri was there to take care of the man with the keys to the kingdom. He mind controlled uh, what was the guy's name? Jerry Boyd and uh, had him fire the nukes but not open the bomb bay doors. Oh my god. So he, this this psychic operator um, destroyed like the, nu- the US nuclear op. Uh, arsenal in like J- one fell swoop jerry boyd sounds like a real dingus doesn't he i mean it's a very i mean i i still hope we have one listener named jerry boyd who's gonna write in now uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a it is a very american name i will give you that like I, I couldn't imagine meeting anybody named jerry boyd and they weren't american there's like not no. very many hard syllables there's no harshness to that name it's all very soft and like jerry well, boyd we- well, we've had this discussion before where I think B makes a hard, a hard sounding syllable no. and you don't. But, it doesn't uh, exist. We, we won't dig up old fights on the, on the podcast. Think of a T. Yeah. Think of a K. Think of a B. Bs are so soft. Buh, buh. I, I, they just can just fall out of your mouth. Bombastic. Oh, I, need, I, need a, I need a pop filter for all these Bs. Like, come oh. on. Well, it's just because you talk weird. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
So the first Allied mission in the game kicks off with a player defending New York City with Special Agent Tanya running through the streets, pistols akimbo. I don't know if I mentioned before, you could play as Tanya in the game, and she's just like a kick-ass soldier that does flips and has two pistols and runs around and just like blows up tanks with two pistols. Yeah, that's see, that's a sharp name, Tanya. Tanya. <laughs> it's like a, a baby's first words, buh, 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 buh. They're like, it's, that's not a word, but noises. Those are very okay. easy to make, you know? <laughs> You don't see a baby go tenacity right off the off the bat. A what? A what? A baby. <laughs> okay, okay, sorry. I thought you said baby for a second. Uh, you said baby. <laughs> All right. So Tanya's kick ass. She... Yeah, Tanya's kick ass. She's defending New York. The 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 Reds are invading New York. The operation right. was a smokescreen, however. Uh, they realized when after liberating an air force base in Colorado Springs. The commander learns that the Soviets have deployed something known as the Psychic Beacon in Washington, D.C., mind-controlling the president and most of the members of U.S. Congress, and also the rest of the city of Washington, D.C. Crazy. Uh, so they have this, like, Nikola Tesla-esque device that allows someone to project their psychic powers uh, to to mind-control a whole city. 5G. Yeah, exactly. That's finally the LTE the United States has been waiting for for the past four years, uh, or however long we've had it in Canada. I don't know. It's been so long at this point. <laughs> so the president of the United States promptly surrenders surrenders the U.S. to the Soviets until, in the very next mission, the player counter counterattacks, destroys the beacon, frees the president from the effects of the mind control. The president goes to Canada to shelter when the player learns, oh no, the Soviets have deployed another mind control device in Chicago. Not so the game, the game kind of goes back and forth like this for a while, where it's like, now they planted this one with this name in this city, and you're like, okay, I'll go blow that one up now, and you go blow that one up, and they're like, okay. oh, but what about what about Nolans? They planted a a psychic crawdad machine in that city, and you're like, oh, <laughs> go kill the psychic crawdad, you know? Like, <laughs> it's the easiest fight in the whole game. You just step on him. He's very small. What? <laughs> Is this real? <laughs> no, no, no. There's no psychic crawdad. I, I mean, as far as I know, I so I played Red Alert. I played a lot of Command and Conquer Red Alert One. I played I played a lot of Command and Conquer uh, Tiberian Dawn. No, not Tiberian Dawn. Tiberian Sun, uh, which was okay. like the I don't know, so like the fourth or fifth. It was I think it was after Red Alert Two, maybe maybe just before Red Alert Two. Uh, but I never played Red. I never played Red Alert Two. If I did, I played it like very briefly when I like downloaded it as an adult, and then I was like, I'm still super addicted to league so i'm just gonna go back to playing league of legends <laughs> uh so uh, i'll hit you with some other highlights from the game because it kind of just goes back and forth in this way for a while chicago sure. is completely destroyed by a nuclear explosion europe manages to join the fight after the commander goes on a mission to uh destroy the soviet uh, nuclear arsenal uh albert einstein invents something called the chronosphere a device capable of teleporting troops anywhere in the world Einstein wow. personally thanks the player character for saving his home. So if you play Red Alert, Command and Conquer Red Alert 1, you will get personally thanked by Albert Einstein. In real life. In real life, yeah. He'll send you a letter from beyond the grave. No, he'll just show up because he's got a time oh, machine. Oh, yeah, he's got time, time machine, right? Yeah. Oh, or does he? Oh, frick. We got we to gotta keep going. Maybe Albert Einstein doesn't have this time machine. Now. You know what I mean? We'll I'm find out. Yeah, I'm really not sure. <laughs> so finally, uh, after deploying the chronosphere just outside of Cuba because... <coughs> reasons i don't know they, it's like oh the, the best place for me to uh, establish or set up my chronosphere is right outside cuba which is you know the i don't know if you're familiar with this jamie but that's where the russians were storing a lot of nukes they had a missile base in cuba really 
Yeah, oh, the Cuban a, um, missile, missile crisis. crisis. Yeah, exactly. I've heard about it was that. it was a really tense moment in American history, or I guess world history, where uh, Russia moved a bunch of nukes to Cuba because Cuba is communist and was sympathetic, and the USSR was sympathetic with them. Uh, which is why there was the Cuban embargo for like years. It was listed like 10 years ago or something. Obama listed it uh, where no United States citizen was allowed to go to Cuba and no Cubans were allowed into the United States. Wow. Uh, yeah. All, all, all uh, uh, domino effect of this. So because of that, the video game is like, well, you have to set it up right outside of Cuba. Oh, so man. you probably, you probably go on a couple missions and, and, you know, uh, declare war on the, the, relatively impoverished nation of Cuba and then set up your chronosphere so you can teleport to Moscow. <coughs> Excuse me. I need Peter's help. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I got the he coronasphere. He's got a, he's got a, oh, that's good. <laughs> the coronasphere. Uh, I can't believe I missed that right in this whole episode. Yep. <laughs> so, um, I'm actually you, tired of joking about it. Like we've been joking about it for so long. It's probably serious. And it's probably going to get worse and it's probably going to age poorly. So I'm sorry for the Corona jokes, yeah. but it is, I mean, honestly, I'm tired of talking about it. I, yeah. I was on like four to five hours of conference calls today just dealing with the coronavirus and like i i hate it i saw yeah. like john john oliver is like a uh, he does like a late night show uh, that talks about american politics a lot but i i often like his stuff it's not always american politics he often does like oh amazon and why they're shitty you know yeah. or you know here's this sh- shitty oil tycoon um but he he his new one is like on the coronavirus or whatever and i've been like wanting to watch it but i'm like oh my god i'm so yeah. fatigued by this like I'm, I'm living through this i'm i'm working from home and i just don't feel like talking about it so why are we talking about it on the podcast yeah. mm-hmm. Yeah, Corona sphere jokes. I sent the team home today before, like my department was ready for it, and I caught some flack for it. But I stand by it. They're home and they're safe. They're home and they're safe. You're doing the right thing. Yeah, man. Okay, so uh, in Reveler Two, the Allied victory is the canonical victory again. Uh, You warp all your units straight into Moscow using the Chrono Sphere. You defeat all the guards outside of Moscow, and then you warp Tanya and some special forces directly into the Kremlin and uh, capture the leader which is like why didn't you why did you have to you know sacrifice lives capturing the outside of the fortress why didn't you just go go straight for the leader yeah it's yeah it makes sense why didn't you just use those things to fly to the Mount Doom from the beginning or whatever yeah exactly the giant yeah. eagles yeah uh, so the the allies win uh, they imprison Yuri the psychic guy in a psychic isolation chamber which uh, seems relevant but doesn't really come up again <laughs> uh, so it works. The isolation chamber works. Is all I can say. It's a room with a closed door. Yeah. It actually, it actually works so well. It's beca- going to become completely irrelevant in a minute. So, wow. after Red Alert Two, what do you think comes next? Um, World War Four. Uh, no. Red Alert Three, no. then. G- good guess. You'd think. Like I said, remember when I said in uh, Command and Conquer 2, they fight World War 3, and mm-hmm. that was going to be relevant in Red Alert 3? Yeah. So in Red Alert 3, they're going to fight World War 2. Okay. Uh, next up after Red Alert 2, <laughs> and bear with me, uh, is Red Alert Mobile. The game is canonical uh, for the Red Alert 3 timeline, which we'll get to where it splits. Uh, it takes place immediately after Red Alert 2. Some remaining Soviet loyalists launch attacks across the globe, but almost all of them turn out to be diversions. Their true objective, Einstein's research. Oh, man. It was eventually discovered that the Soviets were trying to create their own time machine in an attempt to reverse their defeat. Once again, 
the Allies invaded Moscow in an attempt to destroy the Soviet time machine. However, the Soviets held off the Allied assault long enough for the time machine to be completed. That's Red Alert Mobile. That's the, the mobile app produced by EA. Can you still get this? Uh, Have you tried? Uh, probably. I, yeah. like, I'm willing. I'm willing to bet you can. And honestly, as far as like real-time strategies go, I I I only have super super fond memories of the first one. Right. I have no idea what they look like today. I have no idea if I booted up Command and Conquer Red Alert if I would enjoy it or not. Uh, but I'd say it's worth a try. Yeah. Uh, I know. I know. I would enjoy Red Alert one just for the nostalgia. The yeah. Factor. Uh, if you guys are looking to play games like because you're quarantined or whatever, uh, GOG just put out 50 games for free right now. So stay home, play some games. Uh, if you want to start World of Warcraft, join Incendius, even though our, we're way too overpopulated already. And I'll play with you. Hey, play some games. <laughs> Ethan, your roommate, even joined my server. It's that good, but it's overpopulated. Yeah. He's part of the problem. Yep. Uh, so the Soviets capture Einstein's boats, build a time machine. Managed to complete the time machine. Um, in the opening cutscene of Red Alert 3, Colonel Anatoly Cherdenko, General Nikolai Krukov, and Dr. Gregor Zelinsky activate the time machine and travel back to the 1927 Solvay Conference where Cherdenko kills Einstein in order to remove his allies' technological superiority. Remember when I said, does Einstein have a time machine? No, he doesn't. He never invented it. He never went far enough in time to invent the time machine. Oh, damn. You cut a little bit there. Who was the one who killed Einstein? <clears throat> uh, just, just some of the three. There's three um, people who've, like, taken control. They're, they're taking control of the loyalist Soviets after the death of uh, um, Romanov was okay. the, the last fictional ruler okay. of the USSR. Uh, they go back in time. They kill Einstein in 1927. Oh. So when did he, he actually make it? He travels back in time in 1945 or 1946, right? Uh, and kills Hitler in 1923. So they got the, it from, from the original one. We know he instantly got transported back to 1946, right? So they would they would have had to trans travel back in time to like before Hitler died. Anyway, so that's confusing. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> uh, creates a new timeline in which the Allies are losing the Third World War. And Cherdenko is the premier of the USSR. Now, I don't know who this Cherdenko character is. He was introduced in Red Alert 3. But how did he plan on the fact that when he travels back in time and assassinates Albert Einstein, when Stalin's still alive, that he would become the leader of the USSR? Do you know what I mean? How did, yeah. he, how did he have the foresight of thought to be like, well, if I, if I get rid of Einstein, eventually I'm going to become the leader of the USSR? Because... At this point, or probably like 50 years later. Well, you know what? I've point. never been a world leader. Maybe you just have that kind of feel, you know? Oh, yeah. that's a, it's just, Some people are just born with it. Some people are just born CEOs, right? Some yeah. people deserve to be billionaires and leaders, uh, powerful leaders of the world. That's, okay, I, get, I uh -huh. get what you're saying, Jamie. I don't agree with it, but I get what you're saying. No, like if you have money, <laughs> it's because you've deserved it. Oh, yeah, exactly, exactly. And uh, we, won't, we won't say the counterpart to that. Uh, <laughs> Uh, no, <laughs> I do not subscribe or believe in that at all. No, neither of us do, except for Peter. But you know, we try and correct him in any way we can. But yeah, he's a piece of shit. So he's actually oh, yeah. not here because he's counting all of his money. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And laughing at poor people. Yeah, that sucks. That sucks. He's a real asshole. You what should write it. Write, write to him about it at uh, Pete O'Donohue on Twitter or at uh, Lord Boys. His Twitter. name's Pete Fix now because Ethan yeah, misspoke. Feet <laughs> picks in one of her. I love it. 
<laughs> okay. So let's let's bang out some some real quick paradoxes. Okay. There's the obvious one, which we've already accepted. If you kill Einstein, how can there be time travel? We've already accepted this one because if Einstein kills Hitler, how could there be time travel? So we've already said that that one's okay. Yes. Uh, then there's, of course, the question, if you stopped Einstein from killing Hitler, why didn't Hitler and the Germans start World War II? Right? Because uh, this is a, like we're going back to the original timeline because he yeah. skipped... 1924 to 1946. Maybe Einstein was the problem then. <laughs> I mean, are, are we saying that our current uh, status is better than having gone through like a World War Two and a World War Three and then a, a second World War Two? Well, what you is know? our current status? Uh, like, like in real life? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, but maybe if Einstein wasn't around, then his butterfly effect wouldn't have led to Hitler doing his whole thing. Maybe. I don't think Einstein had that much direct influence on Hitler. Oh, dude, a butterfly flaps its wings, and on the other side of the world, there's a tornado. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, that is that is tr- true. That's uh, what a butterfly effect is, isn't it? It's I like know. one small it is, event it is, it is, it is. can lean to a lot. Yeah, I'm not sure how much stock I put in the butterfly effect on a philosophical level. Dude, uh, Ashton Kutcher? Ashton Kutcher, man, yeah. The key, he tried to change the past, and look how it turned out for him. Yeah, and the, the whole the whole film ripped itself in two. Uh, <laughs> when you and I went to go see it, we were like fourteen or whatever. We've talked about that on on yeah the the I'm film sure, reel caught sure, on fire sure in, the, in the middle of it. I'm, I'm we sure. thought it was okay, part so. of it. Just had to finish the sentence. Yeah. It seemed like it was part of it, and then suddenly it was gone. Yep, it was strange. Yep. Okay. So another paradox. Uh, how did people from this alternate timeline know that the other Einstein stopped in the first place? Uh, because like Einstein had stopped. The original World War Two, and then they go back in time and stop him from stopping world, the original World War Two. I don't know. Seems weird. Yeah, but good espionage could explain it because he could say like, "Oh, Einstein kept a diary." And he said, "Dear diary, today I killed Hitler," uh, or I guess forty years ago, I, or twenty years ago, I killed Hitler. <laughs> yeah, that's like the butterfly effect. He reads his diaries to to go back to it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is anything the butterfly? Any cause and effect is. The- I think I think that's what it was. I, I didn't. I haven't seen the movie in a while, but yeah. So the next time I get so drunk that I piss my pants, I just tell my girlfriend butterfly effect. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> I drank too. I drank too much. There was too much alcohol in my system, so butterfly effect. I pissed my pants, and I well, puked in the garden plant in the house plants. That's not what I was saying, but I'm not against you using that strategy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So. Uh, Anyway, the erasure of Einstein also prevents the invention of nuclear weapons because he was part of the Manhattan Project, which led to the development of nuclear weapons. Um, that's real life, real life stuff. Um, but Einstein was killed in 1927, so he never had the chance to work on the Manhattan Project, and they never built nuclear weapons, even though there was whatever 15 to 20 other people who were working on the Manhattan Project at the same time. Right. Uh, so, without the invention of nuclear weapons, there was a new superpower which rose. Uh, but the invention of nuclear weapons about Hitler's World War II. There was the Empire of the Rising Sun, so Japan uh, becomes a formidable world power, like they were at the breakout of World War II. Right. Uh, they actually in uh, the mobile game, the excuse me, Empire of the Rising Sun is one of the playable campaigns. You okay. can play as Japan. Well, mobile games are very popular in Japan, so that makes sense. There you go. So Red Alert Three takes place in this new timeline with Japan getting involved as the Allies push the Soviets out of Western Europe. So World War II has broken out the second time. Uh, Japan decide, Japan in, 
this instance is a superpower, they never get into why they weren't a superpower and why they didn't choose to invade in the original Red Alert, but they didn't, and they were just not talked about at all. But in this one, they decide to attack. Sure. Uh, with, both, sure. with both the Soviets and the Allies at their weakest, Japan presents themselves an antagonizer of both, and the two mismatched siblings finally learn the true meaning of friendship and ally against this new threat. Wait, which two? Uh, the Soviets and the Allies. They oh. sign like a. They sign like a, a. You know, we're not gonna fight each other anymore because the real <laughs> bad guy is Japan. There's like a cutscene of one of those like English uh, officers with the big tall hats doing a squat with their Russian friend and yeah, yeah, <laughs> doing the, yeah, <laughs> the, the little dance, dance. You know, you know the dance. The arms cross, the legs out, the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. And one of them falls. The hat that the Buckingham Palace guards wear is perfect for stashing a large bottle of vodka, which the Russians love. Yeah. Right? I think so. I'm not sure. I think so. (laughs) I don't know if I can say this. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) I've I've got N.A. brain, dude. I don't know what happens over Uh, there on the other side of the the ocean. Yeah, the side of the pond, as it were. (laughs) Um, Okay, so uh, I'm going to hit you with some highlights from Red Alert 3. Please so do. It's a, wild, it's a wild game. So this this came out in like 2008. This was uh, produced by EA. This was the one that could have been produced by the original developers and writers and everything, but was canned, put on the back burner, and they were told to work on other things, and they pulled the developers apart, and they put them on other projects, and then finally they said, okay, you can make your Mining Talks 3, but you're probably not the same team anymore, and we're just, we own the IP, so we're just going to make it our game. Right. There was an intercontinental laser, intercontinental laser hidden within Mount Rushmore, which the President of the United States of America tries to fire at Moscow right after they ally with one another. So the Allies, uh, you know, sign a contract with Russia that says we're not going to attack each other anymore. The Allies obviously being like all of Europe and America and Canada probably. Uh, maybe Australia. Uh, and the United States like, fuck that, dude. We can't trust those commie reds. We're shooting a laser at them that we had hidden in Mount Rushmore this whole time. <laughs> uh, so uh, they don't like that. One of the missions is actually like infiltrating Mount Rushmore and disarm like one of the allied missions is infiltrating mount rushmore disarming the cannon so he can't fire it on moscow uh the reds the the soviets but first you first you have to find where carmen san diego stole and hid uh, and mount, hid rushmore. mount rushmore yeah yes. that is true that is true and then once uh, it was you in the statue that. of liberty so it's like four faces inside a face it's weird oh uh, deep oh deep <laughs> we all we all wear masks don't we oh my uh, god <laughs> What is liberty right. really? Yeah. <laughs> so the um, the the allies, the the U.S. the U.S. of A. Uh, betrays the Soviets. Uh, the commander, which is you're kind of acting as like an independent task force for the allies at this point. Uh, you stop the president of the United States of America. Then you help in the invasion of Japan when you guys finally get there. And the Reds, uh, the Soviets, abandon the allies during the major invasion uh, of Tokyo. Um, they were planning uh, to invade America anyway. So the U.S. of A. betrays the Soviets. The Soviets betray the U.S. of A. Uh, nukes were never developed in this world, but they still developed bombs capable of destroying entire cities. They say like they have bombs capable of destroying entire cities, but they <laughs> they canonically said they're not nuclear bombs, though, because Einstein wasn't around. It's like that cool um, weapon that was designed where they just drop tungsten rods down from space. <laughs> exactly. Man. Oh, that's um, uh, honestly, these games are stock full of like some pretty science fictiony defense, like weapons and defenses. Um, like I mentioned, there was the Nikolai Tesla's Tesla coils that the the Soviet forces used to just like zap in, um, 
ground units. There was something that the Soviets had called the Iron Curtain, which was like force fields. So that was like the canonical why you couldn't, I don't know, why you couldn't just rush to the enemy base or like <laughs> bomb drop them because they had the Iron Curtain set up. Yeah, no uh, Russians. I mean. No Russian. Yeah, five, <laughs> five minutes, no Russian. Uh, so once more, uh, at the end of the game, uh, canonically speaking, the Allies emerge on top, and the world is safe from non-Westerners once more. You end up defeating uh, the Empire of the Rising Sun and the Soviets uh, because they abandon you in, in Tokyo, so you end up, you finish Tokyo off, and you say, fuck you, we're American and European, we're going to also fuck you up, Russia. Right. Um, so eventually, after the events of only Red Alert 1, uh, a meteor containing a valuable crystal known as Tiberium crashes to Earth and becomes the genesis for the Brotherhood of Nod, GDI, and the Tiberium, Tiberium timeline in general. Cheers, dude. Space rocks. Space rocks. <laughs> true. So true, my dude. Had to happen. <sighs> Had to happen. Took yeah. the, I can't believe it took this long. <laughs> um, so this is great because uh, the next... The next Command & Conquer episode will be pretty much all about Space Rocks. Great. And I won't say for sure, but maybe a little hint that there might be some ancient aliens sprinkled in there. Oh my uh, goodness. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, have to, we'll have to get wet for the next episode, you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, so there's aliens, distant planets, all sorts of new technology. Uh, it's almost like they could have used... Uh, Tiberium itself is like this... It's like the new... It's like minerals from StarCraft. It's like super powerful and like produces energy and all this stuff. It's like they could have used this to explain all like the Tesla coils and the Iron Curtain and everything. Could have just had it crash land, you know, yeah. earlier. But they didn't. They chose to ignore the entire Tiberium timeline. They, they managed to split three games into three timelines just to get to the original game, which had already been developed, you know? That is kind of an ass backwards way of doing things, isn't it? <laughs> really feels counterproductive to be like we're gonna make three games and they're all gonna stand alone in their own universe because the only fucking thing that makes sense. Um, uh. Adam is green. Also implies that Nikola Tesla may have been responsible for inadvertently having attracted the attention of the Skrin, uh, those alien ancient aliens I may have mentioned through okay. his experiments. Uh, and thus for the arrival of Tiberium on Earth. So it seems like the original developers wanted to to like bring Tiberium in earlier and say like oh hey this is where Yuri's psychic powers come from but instead Commander uh, Carter instead EA was like no fuck all that we'll just accept it as canon and make our own new canon for all this stuff <laughs> we're busy with NBA Live 12 so uh, yeah. I better yeah, just exactly. <laughs> that, that was, that was uh, honestly though we're all thankful for EA's NBA franchise so. oh my god <laughs> it didn't. It hasn't done so hot. If if you ever look up uh, NBA Live versus NBA Two K like face scans or whatever, it's absolutely hilarious. It looks like just like the basketball players, the Two K version, and then it looks like a child drew the other one. And like it is like horrific. Oh, it's hilarious. Just horrific. There's so many so many videos of like real NBA players like doing a face scan of themselves and just be like, "What the fuck is this? Like, <laughs> I'm in the game. Just like recognize me, you know? Uh, it's so awesome." Um, yeah, but anybody who's in the uh, basketball video game community already knows that they should probably be buying uh, 2K's franchise. Yeah, well, not even anymore, man. I don't know. They, they, no. yeah, 2K tends to be kind of a money grab, just like EA is. So, yeah, no, not in terms of that, but in terms of actual playability, I suppose. Yeah, yeah but yeah, I won't. I won't say 2K as a company is is much better than EA. I don't no. know. Uh, uh, both, both some questionable decisions. 
Well, it's just capitalism, man. After a while, it's not people who love games who are making games. It's people who exactly. want to make money are making games. So. Exactly. And we're both in the games industry. We understand this. Yeah. I hate video games. <laughs> I love that I still have a paying job and can work from home, but I <laughs> hate video games. No. I love I video mean, games. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's nice. Yeah. Uh, so I've been Ethan Palmer. Thanks so much for listening, guys. I have no idea how long this episode ran. If it's long, I'm sorry for any sound quality, any hiccups. If there's, you know, drops in the sound at some point, we'll try and edit it as best as possible. We'll try and have it up tomorrow. Uh, days have been crazy for me. Uh, yeah. But uh, I'll see if I can get it up at some point. Um, I might be able to fill re- in, too. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We, we can also put Peter. He, he decided to bail at the last minute, so maybe we'll put him to do it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, I've been Ethan Palmer. You can find me at Ethan the Dead Man online. Uh, Pete O'Donohue. It's at Pete O'Donohue. I think uh, it's on Twitter. Old. Uh, oh no! Yeah. Old, old Aunt Peter. Old Aunt Peter on Twitter. Yeah. You're right. Um, so I said it earlier. I said at Pete O'Donohue, but it's not. It's old Aunt. Peter. Yeah. Oh, uh, I have a new game thing you could add me on. I'm, I'm on the Xbox now because I have the piece. <laughs> so. Uh... Old man Jamie. <laughs> I'm on the Xbox. Reach uh, out to me with your gamer tag. <laughs> I'm afraid to open it right now, but my name is Jmilk64. J a y m i l k 64, or it's just Jmilk. I'm having a hard time remembering, but you'll find me if you type in Jmilk. So, so I got uh, the P- the PC beta for games for Xbox Live after you, you talked it up so much. Yeah. Uh, the launcher only works on Windows 10, and my 10-year-old gaming PC still runs Windows no, 7. dude. So I, can't, I can't download the launcher. It just fails on, on startup. Oh, I'm sorry, man. It's too bad. It's really good. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I'm honestly, I'm looking at upgrading soon. And when I upgrade, I'll, I'll hopefully do a big enough one that I can maybe stream or some stuff. And yeah. then, you know, maybe we can have some, some of that kind of fun. Something uh, I would love to hear from you guys, too. I think I'm up next for lore, and I love getting suggestions from you guys. So if there's anything you want to hear about, please send us an email at loreboyspodcast at gmail.com. Hop in the Discord. You can find that in the info at loreboys.com. And um, just send us some ideas. Someone, uh, uh, Jesterful, on the Discord told me about, uh, what was it, Tekken. And that sounds hilarious because there's some crazy stories that makes all these characters end up in the same place. So I'm probably going to look into that one. But please send us some more uh, things you want to hear about because... I like looking into those types of things. So. Uh, Saucy Chimera keeps uh, suggesting we do uh, hentai lore on the podcast. Uh, so maybe one, maybe one day, Saucy. Oh, uh, we have an of... email. Uh, sorry, I'm, I'm pulling that up now, Jamie. Why don't you vamp for a bit? Yeah, I was going to, without you saying it out loud, but now, now <laughs> <laughs> you can see <laughs> through our iron curtain. Everyone understands that you're vamping. It gets real awkward. <laughs> yeah. So how do you know when a joke becomes a dad joke? You've already told this one. It becomes apparent. Oh, you're good at these. Yeah, I'm pretty. I'm pretty. Uh, I'm pretty well known. Uh, anybody who wants to support us financially, we always have Patreon.com/slash/TheLoreBoys. Um, uh, here I have. No, I don't. I thought I had Saucy's message, but it's an old one. Yeah, uh, I actually do have it. I can pull it up if you'd like. Okay, go to spam. No problem. It's right here. Okay, you go ahead. You know what, Jamie? I'm hosting this episode, so why don't you go ahead and read the fan mail? Okay. Actually, I don't have it. You got a vamp now. <laughs> oh, okay. So, uh, oh, I got name... it. Shut up. <laughs> hey, Jamie, Jamie, Jamie. I'm really sorry for talking there. <laughs> I know. It's... All right. So, this, 
This is from Saucy. Uh, we got a good laugh out of us. To the sultry folks of Lore Boys Inc., as a benefactor of your endeavors and pursuits, I am willing to give a free ticket to my therapy center of the Ministry of Kinkgasm. As one of your <laughs> de- <laughs> as one of your dearest colleagues has come down with an addiction to WoW. I wonder who he's talking about. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> keep up the good work, boys, and hope for the holy day of the hentai episode. Sincerely, Saucy. There it is. Yeah. Uh, I promise, Saucy, someday... I'm still doing research. Don't get me wrong. I am still researching my hentai storylines. Uh, yeah. I'm just looking for one that's zany, just zany enough to, to be Lore Boys, Lore Boys material. He's been putting in 12-hour days. Like, uh, Yeah, I am, I am raw. I am... I'm suffering over here. <laughs> Need a vacation, yeah. But we're, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, anybody who wants to um, support the Lore Boys financially and doesn't trust the big Patreon, you guys can send us uh, any kind of alien crystals you find. Uh, you guys can make us a solemn, solemn promise to uh, keep any dictators you unearth buried, um, and we'll uh, we'll we'll give you a shout out in the mentions. We'll slide into your DMs for that. Yep. Okay. Yep. And that constitutes Lord boys. boys out. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. <laughs> 